Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Hoopside Chats for episode number 13. I am Keegan Ravi Miller. Alongside me is Naresh Adala. Naresh, it's now 2021. It's been three months since we've recorded, but finally we are back. Yeah, dude, honestly, I've missed it so much. Yeah, me too. It's it's such a fun time to record. Um, obviously, we've both been quite busy for the last three months on some various Quidditch and non-Quidditch projects in our lives, but hopefully we will uh, you know, get back on this train and, and record more consistently moving forward. Maybe maybe once a month, you know, instead of once every three months. <laughs> you know what? That sounds like a plan. I'll, uh, let's, hold this, <laughs> let's hold each other to that. Well, wait, hold up. You're telling me you have outside projects other than Quidditch? Uh, not projects. You know, the work. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Holidays, you know, yeah. those things. Vaccines. I got a vaccine shot. Hey, there you uh, go. I still need my second one. That's not really a project, though. Speaking of projects, the most recent Quidditch project that you and I have been working on is uh, the Quidditch trivia for QuidCon that is going to be on the Friday I don't know if you know the date offhand. I think it's the first Friday in March. Yeah, March um, 5th. I think it's the what the 9 p.m. Eastern time time mm-hmm. slot. Um, I don't know. I think you're going to be involved in the production. I don't think I'm going to be on the production team, but you and I are writing the questions. What do you? Can we? Can we drop anything for our listeners? Can we give them a clue or something? <laughs> um, I mean, we can we can tell them that we have a very very fun lineup of contestants. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's been there's a lot of hard work that was put into these uh, questions, and it's just been so much fun getting to work on this project. Um, and we really can't wait for y'all to uh, check us out on Friday, and hopefully you like it. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to complain too much, but I will say, trying to come up with Quidditch trivia questions, it's hard to find information about Quidditch like in an easy and accurate way <laughs> hey bro i don't know if you're taking shots here or not but like no you we I haven't know. played a single quidditch game since your news website started this Got this it. ain't you're on you right, right. it's it is just like i don't know it's a shame almost like i was actually um listening earlier today to an episode of the seeker floor that was put out in 2015 when ethan Sturm and dan hansen like did a three two or three episode podcasts of just let's talk about Quidditch from World Cup one through at that point it was World Cup eight. And like already by that point, Ethan had mentioned none of our games are getting filmed or written down and no one's ever going to remember any of this. And now I'm like trying to find stats, not even (laughs) stats from those games, but like the name of the player who caught a snitch or like who was in the final four at a World Cup. And it's just so hard to find. Yeah, it's just, I guess it's just one of those things that hopefully now that we as a community have addressed this and we've obviously seen how much onus has been put on getting film of teams, making sure people are getting credit, making sure people are actually getting seen now. Because I think we need the stars in Quidditch. And off so often these mid-tier or just random teams that are in the middle of nowhere don't get the credit they deserve, even though they're playing at such a high level. And I think in today's episode, we are going to see an example of that. We are. And it's some advice though, to all those teams out there, look at Michigan Quidditch and what they've done with their online presence. If you Google their team, you will find all of their players' names with their Jersey numbers. And like, now anyone who wants to write about Michigan Quidditch will use everyone's name and spell it correctly. And that's just like a huge step up and it's congrats to Michigan for doing that for themselves. Um, but I think that's like a standard that we need to start holding teams to. Absolutely. Anyway, speaking of well-recorded Quidditch history, um, Major League Quidditch has announced a schedule. Well, they've announced three schedules for this upcoming summer. What do you think, Naresh? Do you think any one of those phases is likely to actually happen? (laughs) I am cautiously optimistic that we will maybe be looking at a phase two or phase three schedule. Um, I really think phase three might be more reflective of the type of MLQ season we will see. It really depends on how fast people are going to be vaccinated, how fast 
travel restrictions and just the overall comfortability comfort right that's the word overall comfort that players will have to be able to go out and travel to these super series and and live in a hotel room for two or three days so it, it, it's all going to depend um i don't want to assume anything i do want to hope for the best and i'm very excited for this potential chance of official quidditch coming back again yeah for anyone who hasn't followed that schedule release um the first two schedule iterations mlq announced would both start the last weekend in june um the difference there being whether or not teams are allowed to travel between Canada and the United States because currently restrictions say you cannot travel between the two countries without a two-week uh, quarantine on either side. And phase three is a each division just has a weekend that all the teams go to one place and play each other. Um, and that would start in the last week of July. Honestly, that'd be a lot of fun, I think. I, I personally am kind of rooting for phase three because I think that would be the most fun Quidditch environment that we will have seen in almost a year and a half. Yeah, a, a huge catharsis of let's do all of these games all at once yeah. um, could be a lot of fun. Anyway, I think with that, we will send it to our interview. Uh, fair warning, we did this interview in November, I think before Thanksgiving thanksgiving even um it is with matt sorkin from university of miami ohio quidditch um it was really fun so we'll send it there now we're gonna welcome to the podcast today the current president of miami university ohio quidditch who's also a beater for that team and currently a senior matthew sorkin what's up matthew um nothing much how are you guys doing you know, hanging in there as it gets cold. <laughs> Nourish has oh, multiple yeah. blankets I mean, on probably and just he's probably praying for April. I mean it's probably better <laughs> than you because like we're not in school right now. I've uh, before we before yeah, that's we started true. recording, it was I heard you had like a project or quizzes and all this random stuff. Like, oh god. Sucks, oh my god. You know the worst part is like so I, I have a job already set up for next year, thankfully, thank God. Nice. Um, so I thank you. So I work like a co op and mm. It's like so incredible to me that I'll like spend, I'll just put in 10 hours just to work in my club because it's like stuff I want to do. And then I'll have like an hour of work for school and I'll be like, yeah, I can do that tomorrow. <laughs> like <laughs> the divide between the two is unbelievable. Yeah, it's pretty funny that you're kind of already checked out once you have that job lined up. It's like, yep, see you right. later. All done with school. <laughs> Especially now. Are you, are you on campus? Does Miami have people on campus right now or is everything virtual? Uh, yeah. So... Um, so for normally what happens in Miami is you have to be on campus, you know, your first two years and then you can do off campus, but they've made an exception this year. Um, I think even freshmen can live off campus, but typically freshmen are going to live on campus this semester and probably next semester, but sophomores are able to live off campus. Um, all learning, however, it's all virtual. So there's no, no in-person classes, nothing. It's just Zoom University. <laughs> Speaking of the university, though, we got into a pretty heated argument after we hit record, and we had to delete it and start over. So the official name, for anyone wondering, nope. so we got, you You attend Miami University, yes. which is in the state of Ohio. Yes. And when you see on ESPN that Miami University's football team or basketball team or whatever is playing on the scroll bar at the bottom, it always says Miami University, and then parentheses, O-H to indicate right. that this is not the school in Florida. Mm -hmm. So did you guys just like, when you started a Quidditch team, I know you weren't one of the founding members, the Quidditch team has just adopted this as well, even though most of your games are in, in the Great Lakes, like in the Ohio area. Yeah, so it's kind of funny. Do, do you know about why Miami University is called Miami University in the first place or not so much? I, I have a very good guess that Miami Native American <laughs> tribe is from that yep. part of the country. Yeah. There you go, yeah. Yeah, so that's literally it. And we were just like, I mean, why not? Like, why, you know, it, it's also, it's easier if we just say Miami University OH. Um, I know that, and it, it's kind of always like, it's always a good conversation started too. You know, whenever we go to tournaments, people are like, are you, you the Florida guy or something? And we can always, you know, start the conversation right there. It's wild to me that y'all would travel. Like, what, is that happening in the Great Lakes? Are you like going to Indiana and people are like, oh, are you guys from Florida? 
Um, not so much. So it, it's kind of it's a really, really funny question because originally, so I when I was a freshman, um, I, I've been on the team for all four years. Um, I would get that question from some of like the other freshmen. They'd be like, "How are you guys in our league?" But I feel like all of the juniors, like once you get to like either junior level or even some sophomores, they get it. But the freshmen like come and be like, "How are they in our region? What is this?" But pretty much everyone older, you know, has been told or they've played us or something, so they get it at that point. Wild stuff. I mean, it's going to be less, a little bit less confusing now. The University of Miami did not have an official team last year. Hopefully they'll get another one soon. Do you know if you've ever played them or in the, in the team history if the two Miamis have ever met? Um, I actually have no idea about that question, so I, I could not give you an answer on that. I know we've never, but um, I do know that I think it was a Nationals, I want to say four, no, maybe five years ago that was in Florida. Correct. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, <laughs> that's the one in right? cup. That's cup 10. Yeah. That's exactly what I was going to say. Um, so maybe, maybe well, then we met up. <laughs> no, I don't but, think Miami of Ohio played my university of Miami then just because uh, Miami of Ohio was actually in the Rutgers pool that year. Um, uh, so <laughs> that was my freshman year. Yes. Yeah, so I was going to bring this up later, but yeah, we uh, actually played Miami of Ohio. Wait, wait, when I say I, the Rutgers team played. <laughs> no, you personally, while you played. rode the bench. Or were you not on the team yet? I was on the bench, sir. I tore my shoulder, so I couldn't play. Uh, But no, that's not the point. That's not the point. But yeah, no, Miami of Ohio, dude, that was such a fun game. Um, I still remember that was one of our best games on day one of Nationals. Um, And so, yeah, like that's for me, that was very much a confusion where I was like, are we playing a Florida team? Like, why are they in Ohio? (laughs) Like, what is going on here? But no, that's that's definitely cool to hear the history of, uh, of your team. Mm-hmm. Anyway, speaking of Quidditch, this is a Quidditch podcast, and this is probably the longest we've ever gone without asking somebody, <laughs> why do you play Quidditch? <laughs> it's kind of a weird thing to do. Why, why are I, you doing it? So um, freshman year, um, I am on campus for about a week. We have like a club sports fair kind of thing where you get to see all the different club sports and clubs. I think it's like the second week. So I go to it, saw like Quidditch was like whatever. Um, and my twin knew somebody or like had a friend who was on the team and he said, Hey, come with me. Let's, you know, let's go, both go play so we can play together. Cause my twin, we, uh, we go to Miami together. I said, okay, sure. You know, why, why the hell not? I got nothing better to do. Um, and so I went and, you know, the community feel was like apparent the second I got there. Like I, I walked on this complete, you know, fresh eyed fate freshman, like, you know, everyone could see it. And three or four people walk up and talk to me like, Hey, how you doing? You know, what's your major stuff like that. So immediately I was like, I felt like I could belong with this group, you know, without even really playing that much. And the funniest thing was I probably had like a terrible first practice because the broom. So we use PVC pipes, right. For brooms. And I had accidentally, (laughs) and I still remember this picked up the, the connector, like the, like the, the rod for the small hoop as my broom. So everyone else was was holding, you know, these thin ones. And I had this big one. And I was like, I don't know if it's like a special broom or something. And probably about like 15 minutes in. And that's how I knew that everyone had a sense of humor because I wasn't told immediately. No, no, no. They, they waited a little bit. And then someone came over and was like, I think you're using um, the one for the hoop. And I was like, oh, my God, I am so sorry. And like, I apologize like a million times over. But you could tell that some people immediately saw it and they were just like, Let's let them. Let's let them happen for a little bit. Wait. So, how did y'all set up hoops? Was it like one person trying to f- run around finding, figuring out where the uh, last hoop was? Or the you point? know, I, I think, I think what, our my freshman year we actually had like an extra set. Mm-hmm. Um, like we, we, you know, we used an extra set, so we had like, you know, six of them set up for the chasers, and then we usually would have like two or three set up for the um, beaters to practice on. You know, like getting their positioning right. So I think that's what the what happened is that they didn't set up that hoop. Otherwise, it would have been funny because they would have been walking around like, what the hell is going on? Like, you know, but <laughs> thankfully, yeah, it was noticed 20 minutes in and then I was like, oh, boy. And so did you jump in from that first practice immediately into beating or did you make that transition through being a chaser first? Um, I actually, I, I liked beating a lot. I, I thought it was um, simple at first i mean you have a ball you throw it at someone else you're trying to get hit or you catch it you know etc and um one of like i 
immediately clicked with like um, one of the like a few of the other members of the team that happened to be beaters. So it was kind of easier just to stay with that group because I already, you know, now I had like two people I could talk to every practice. So I kind of melted with that. And then over time, I just kind of stuck with it because I liked it and I was getting better and better at it. So I felt like it was my position. Plus, my, uh, my twin was a chaser. And I was like, you know what? I'll just take this position. He can have that position. Otherwise, we're going to be competing with each other way too much. <laughs> you know, that's exactly what I was going to ask. I was like, how did your twin being on the team affect your competitive drive? Was there ever like, oh, yeah, like I need to be the better Sorkin? Or was it like he does his thing, I do my thing? We're just you know what? There, yeah, there, there, there's, definitely, there's definitely that element of it. You know, it's always like, all right, I, I need to start. I need to, need to go from fourth string up at least like the third, you know, or, or get, get to a starter. And um, it, it felt really good if, if I ever started in the game and, you know, he was in the bench or I got in before him or something like that. So, yeah, there was definitely a, a competitive aspect to it, even though, again, we were playing two different positions. So how did freshman year go? Um, was that 2016-17 or 2017-18? Oh, God, I, I'm terrible with, like, trying to figure out these dates. When did, so when did you be, graduate high school? So, wait, well, so that, no, well, that would be three that's years the fall. From, Three years ago, so it'd be 2017-18. Cool. So you've your freshman year was post split then, right? You've never played a club team at, yeah. at regionals or nationals. Uh oh. Um no, I don't know. I don't think we have. I, so I think what's what's have. that been like? I mean, there's not a ton of club teams in in the kind of the Great Lakes regions, and there's a lot of college teams. How has your experience been? Kind of playing those teams, particularly freshman year, just coming in, learning the sport. Um. It's been interesting because, um, you know, a lot of the different teams have different philosophies. They have different ways that they position people, put people in places, attack, defend. So it was interesting because I come to practice, we do our thing, we scrimmage. And when, when you scrimmage, you know, you're scrimmaging against people who are playing the exact same style of defense as you do. And then you go and face, say, Michigan, or you face, like, OU or something. And you're like, wait, front, back? Or like, oh, left, right? Like, what, what is that feeder formation? I've never seen that before. And it's just like, you learn from that. You say, okay, well, maybe this worked for us. Maybe this, this didn't work for us. Maybe like our defense worked really well against this team because they employ these things, or maybe it worked really poorly because they happen to be passing around more or something. And then after tournaments, we'd have like film where we'd go over it and say, okay, guys, so here's what the beaters did well. Here's some plays where we could have moved around more, stuff like that. So it was certainly fascinating to see how, really develop some of these defenses could be um, from teams that have been there, you know, 10 years or so. Was there a lot of travel involved in that? I, I feel like the Great Lakes has a lot of teams, but I don't really mm -hmm. get a sense of if it's like, if y'all need to drive an hour to get to a tournament or if you need to drive like four or five hours. Um, so that's good. So it really depends on the teams that offer tournaments. Um, but typically I'd say including regionals, we did around four or five tournaments. And those would range from driving up to, um, to, to Bowling Green um, or would be, you know, I think regionals was once in Michigan, so we had to go all the way up to Michigan. Or, um, oh, my God, Grand Valley, you know, we, mm -hmm. we'd do a tournament with them. So there was definitely a lot of travel. Like, and the good thing about that was that helped – bring the team together because you had a, you know, two, three, four hour car ride with four or five people just chatting, hanging out, like, you know, playing music or, or doing whatever. And, and it really like helped like make it to know a lot of the team, especially early on. Cause we had tournaments that were probably like late September, early October. So already, you know, I was spending four hours in the car with someone. I got to know them pretty well. You know, Absolutely. what is, what is the, uh, Miami University, Ohio, Quidditch road trip tradition like? What is what does that look oh, like boy. when you're rolling out to a tournament? How do you choose okay. who's in what car? Like, what are y'all doing? <laughs> so, well, those, those are much different questions. So, so I'll try <laughs> and address them one by one. So the first one is, and I don't know if, if, if this is the proper name for this game, My Cows, do you know what that game is? I've heard I of it. Right I don't think I've ever played it, though. Okay, it's it's possibly the simplest game. It's you're sitting in a car, you look out the window and look for cows, okay? <laughs> if you call, so if you see a group of cows, you say, my cows. 
Uh, and if you save before everyone else, you get the cows. And we do, um, I think it's like multiples of five. So if you see a group of like eight cows, that counts as 10 cows. You know, three cows is five, etc. However, if you call my cows, because usually, you know, it's pretty competitive because you want to call them as soon as you see them. But what if you see a horse? You know, but you think it's a cow because it's like far away. Mm-hmm. You actually lose a bunch of cows. So if you're like, oh, my cows, and it's actually a group of like pigs, oh, there goes, you know, <laughs> minus five. And then, <laughs> but it gets better because there's, there's a multiplier and there's a remover. So the multiplier is if you see a church. So if you see a church and say, my church, your cows get doubled. But if you see a graveyard and call like my graveyard or my cemetery, you can kill someone else's cow, all of them. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how to respond to that. I don't know how to react. I just think it's funny that we were like, hey, Rachel England, Missouri's far from everything. What do y'all do? And they were like, we have a GameCube and a minivan. (laughs) It seems like you have to get creative. I also wasn't going to make fun of Ohio for being in the middle of nowhere, but it seems like this game is asking me to make oh, fun no, of Ohio it, for being in the middle of really, nowhere. Because it takes care of the two things. It takes, takes care of churches, which there are a lot in Ohio, especially in the areas we drive through, and the farms. Like, there's just farms everywhere. There should be farmland, like, for literally hours when you drive. So it combines those two things into, like, the perfect game. That can is be there, entertaining. Is there, like, a known record for this oh, game boy. for Quidditch? I, I, no, but there is there there are like definitely times where we'll have like a story of like, oh my god, I have like a hundred cows, and then you know Hayden saw a cemetery and said bye bye, um, you know, and you'll you'll just hear like no, how could no don't you know or like hey hey no no get rid of his cows, I'm no, I'm no threat to you, I only have twenty, you know, like it'll be like lots of negotiating, it, it's it's like it's like Among Us basically, but with cows, you know, you're like oh no 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 you you kill him, not me, like I you know I'm I'm good. Wait, but you're the president now. Can't you just negotiate and be like, if anyone's trying to kill you, just be like, well, you're not getting playing time if you do. Well, you, honestly, you know what? Next time we go on a car ride, not a bad idea. There you go. I just, yeah, I could just say all of your cows are now mine. Every cow that's gathered becomes part of my flock or whatever it is when they call a group of cows. I got you. Every cow that you give up, I'll give you an extra 30 seconds of playing time or something. Right, right. Solid. <laughs> Damn, so Marash, trying to take here. down teams from within already. <laughs> hey, you, you got to do what you got to do. That's pretty funny. So that was your freshman year. You, you come onto the team. You find your position. You're having a good time with it. And y'all had a good record that year, 21 and 11. That's very good, um, mm-hmm. which is actually pretty funny going back into our previous conversation about talking about, like, Miami of Ohio and University of Miami. If you go to the 2017-2018 um, standings on USQ – Y'all are like right next to each other. It's actually really, really funny. Yeah. Oh my god, I don't, I don't think I've ever seen this before. <laughs> but that's yeah, so no, funny. So that's uh, yeah. I just thought I wanted to share that real quick. But then we go into your sophomore year, and your sophomore year, I mean, your your team was f- amazing that year. What mm-hmm. was like before nationals? What was what like eighteen and one, nineteen and one, or something? Something like that. Yeah. No, we were every game. We just played we executed everything really well we had our plays down we had like it, it just like the team was so competitive um like practice was like so like was really fun but also like you know you knew you were competing for those like top tier minutes because everybody was so good around you that like if you you know messed up a few times they could pull you out and put someone else in you know like it wasn't like they had to keep you in there you didn't do well in one play boom you're out so it, it was it was great um, being part of them. I mean, I, I you know I, I was still um, like a bench player, so I didn't get like a ton of minutes, but I got like a decent amount, and it was a lot of fun just being proud to be part of the team and and seeing us knock off these like other teams like it was nothing and just destroy them at like you know up by ten and basically it was like mercy rule at that point. We were just yeah, like all right, sure. we just had to get the snitch and you know whatever. Don't don't want to bring up any bad memories, but I have pulled up y'all you know, eight and one at regionals that that year. In your one loss, you were up twenty when Bowling Green caught to beat you. Did that? Where did that happen? Was that? I see it was on the second day. Was that in a bracket? Um, I, I believe 
you know, it's, it's from like a while ago. So I really am not hundred percent sure, but if it was the second day, it was probably either on a bracket or if it was like a beginning of the day game, it was like for the bracket. So I think, I believe that's the regionals we ended up winning. So it must've been like a pre bracket sort of thing where like, you know, are you ranking wise? Oh, yeah, it must have, yeah, because then, oh, so you beat Michigan to win regionals that year? Hell yeah, we did. <laughs> Damn, you didn't include that in your resume. I, I should include that in the intro. Regional champion. Uh, what is yeah, this? So let's, yeah. let's walk through that game. Y'all demolished Michigan. The final score, 140-40, um, you guys caught. So final score was 11-4 to in goals. Mm-hmm. What was that game like? We, I mean, we, there's always been a rivalry between um, our school and theirs, and... I don't know. We just, we came out swinging and we really just did not look back. We were ready for that game. I mean, we, we had that loss road in the day and we were like, I think, I'm not sure if we'd ever won regionals before. And there had been talk among the team, especially when the seniors and juniors are like, this could be the year we do it. And their only obstacle is our rival. So, you know, we were laser focused, like, all right, we lost one today. doesn't matter. We can still like win regionals. Let's go out there and let's finish this. And we went out there, and like you said, we played a hell of a game, and we're up 11-4, to 4 and we caught, and it was fantastic. And we celebrated. It was oh, it, was, it was such like a wonderful feeling, especially because we were beating them. Um, so it was like just like the cherry on top of the whole day. I mean, I can confirm that was Miami University of Ohio's first regional title. So that's super exciting, and that's mm-hmm. honestly amazing. So and then let's that. let's walk through nationals that year too, that same season. So you're coming off like seven and one or eight and one at regionals, including regional mm-hmm. champs. And then you only lost two. You went four and two at nationals, and your only losses were to Texas A&M and UVA, who are like yeah. known as oh perennial footage powerhouses. Yeah, we like I said, we you know fresh off that. That, that regionals when we, we kept going, kept practicing because we knew that there were teams out there, you know, because we, you know, we went there last year. We knew there were teams out there that are crazy, crazy good. And we're like, let's, you know, let's keep practicing. Let's keep going. And we got there and went pretty well day one. Day two rolled around. And, oh, boy. So, literally, UVA, I don't think, I think it was them. They had, like, the crispest passes. Like, there was – they, it was like a ball on a string, basically. They could just chuck it, and it would get to their target, and we would be like, have to instantly react. And if you were like a half second off, goal. So it was crazy because up until then, we had thought, okay, we're competing with like really good people, but we didn't even, you know, it, it was hard to rationalize. It was it was like a a college team facing an NBA team. Like you're like, oh, I face like pretty good people. Like oh, it's pretty good. And then you see them, and you're like, oh, so that's what being really good <laughs> looks like. Do you think there's like a gap between the Great Lakes and some of the other regions in the country that you hadn't seen that sort of passing oh, or competition? Yeah, so definitely like the, the more the South, like the Texas teams, they are like generally speaking like fantastic. And I, we've talked with a few of them. And I think it comes down to is the seriousness which with they, they take. I mean, they have cuts. They have like a massive team. They, you know, they work out all together, like, you know, five or six days a week. Like, they have a serious training regimen, and that's what it takes for you to get to that level is everybody is working out together. Everybody is, um, you know, practicing five or six days a week. Everyone, you know, like, it's it's a very united team, and it's a very, very strong team. You're not going to find any weak links. Like, th- their bench is still going to be fantastic. You know, there's not going to be a massive drop-off or anything. Every, everywhere is just so amazing. Did that Nationals motivate you guys to change your culture at all? Or did you kind of just stick to it and, and try to be the best in the Great Lakes? Or do you want so, to take it to a national stage? More, more the latter because, you know, a lot of people, why we, you know, the why they would join Quidditch is it's three days a week. We do Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday. So it's something to do, you know, instead of classes and homework. But it's only three days a week. So, you know, maybe I, I can spend the other four or five days either doing another club or doing or spending my time doing homework or other things. So you have that flexibility. And, you know, we, we had, I think around, I want to say 25 or 26 people. And that was like our, our really big for us. So we were like, you know, we're not going to try and get rid of some people basically by making us do five days a week or even, you know, four days a week with a strict training regimen, because now we're taking away people who want to do it because it's fun. 
and they're competitive, but they're not like, oh, I'm not going to do this, you know, four or five days a week. Yeah, I totally get that. It's, it, it is a lot to ask people to learn this new sport and then say, yeah, we, if, especially for people who hadn't been athletes before, obviously mm-hmm. you get some people who in high school, they work out seven days a week and everything. And it's just part of their right. lifestyle. But yeah, it's, it's tough to ask people to adapt, especially if you've already proven that you're the best in your area. Um, right. Coming back, it, I, I buy that it could be hard to sell to some people that like, no, the goal is national mm-hmm. champions or bus. Right. So we just were like, we know what we can get to the Sweet 16. That's a pretty good mark for us. Um, let's try and get there or better next year just by doing what we're doing. Um, and I believe we got the Sweet 16 again on the following year, if I remember correctly. So, or maybe it was the previous year and that year. So we, I mean, we, our goal was to get Sweet 16 or higher, and we got Sweet 16 or higher, and we were like, we'll come back next year, and, and then COVID hit. <laughs> so, you know, who knows what would have happened. But definitely we were like, you know what? What we're doing is working. We're not going to make people work out six days a week or something. If people want to, by all means. But we want to grow our ranks by starting out with, like, a fun competitive environment as opposed to, like, a cutthroat competitive, like, you have to, you know, show up to all these practices. You have to show up to all these things. We really didn't want that kind of attitude or culture. For sure. I mean, I, I totally respect that. So I guess that brings me into my question where what's going on right now? I know like with COVID and everything, it's just super hard for college teams to recruit. What's the scene like in Ohio um, around the campus? Like is, is the team right. fairly popular on campus or? So, so I, I'll, I'll start by answering just how generally campus is. So, like I said, everything, you know, everything's remote, just all remote learning. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what that means is that in order to get the word out, we, we, we didn't even really have a club sports fair. It was all like online and virtual. And yet we still had probably like 20 or so people hop into our little Zoom meeting. They said hi and they signed up. And I think of those, maybe two people come. We don't really get a lot of people from our like club sports fair thing. It's just, you know, kind of thing where people might, you know, sign up and then just We'll be like forget about it or something, even though we sent out an email. Mm-hmm. Um, but this year, our uh, our head marketing guy, um, Garrett Schroyer, he decided to go and um, put up electronic posters. So around campus, like in pretty much every building, there's a TV. And so you, if you pay or, or if you like talk to the school, you can get your poster put on those TVs. So he went and he designed a poster and he posted it there. And within a week, of him putting that poster there, I must have gotten 10 emails saying, hey, I've seen your thing. How can I, you know, come, how can I play? And I think of those 10, about five or six of them have come to practice. So, yeah, yeah, so it's been like, and that's like what did it for us is literally just putting it one poster, basic information has like a a picture of us like playing and it drew a bunch of people in. Um, But we're not, I'd say that... We're not super well-known on campus. Um, I like to think if we were super well-known on campus, there'd be a lot more people. But um, generally speaking, people might be aware of us. Um, the problem that we have is we used to practice on the main field. It's called Cook Field, um, where everyone, you know, you walk by it to the class. So people would see us, you know. But the problem is because of how limited spaces we've had to move to, like, an off-campus field. So really people don't see us as much. Um, so it's hard to get the word out. For sure. Are you able to practice in person right now following those USQ guidelines or is the school kind of banned that? So, yeah. So the school has kind of been a, you give us the guy, you know, you give us your guidelines based off of USQ guidelines and we'll approve them. And if we approve them, we will, we'll trust you, but we'll, you know, have regular check-ins. So we sent them um, a list of instructions. What we did was, you know, everyone shows up to practice masks on, we temperature check everybody. And then we do some like light practicing. So we, toss the ball around, we might do some drills, you know, no, no tackling, um, no like super close contact, but we definitely are able to do like some like little drills here and there. We, we really are avoiding scrimmaging at all this semester. Um, we're planning to maybe start that come next semester because we really have had no cases, no outbreaks, nothing. Um, so we've been pretty lucky. Um, unfortunately, of course, we, 
have not been able to travel whatsoever. It's you know completely banned. So we've just been practicing three days a week. Um, but yeah, so it, it has been, we have been able to practice, albeit in a more limited fashion, because normally we'd scrimmage for probably 30 to 45 minutes of the practice instead of like zero. That's still huge though. I'm actually, as like a nerd coach point of view, I, I'm wondering that if if next semester there's a vaccine widely available and you can kind of play more and maybe you get a game in in April, if your passing is just that much better because you worked on your basics and your your technical skills for mm-hmm. so long this semester. I mean, I, I I would say that certainly we've had like a lot a lot of people have improved. Like we we've, we've seen the improvement um, certainly over the last like month or two. Like as you know, as, as the semester was went on. And, it was obvious we weren't going to be able to do any scrimmage or anything. And yeah, this will be been like better passing. Um, a beating really like, it's hard to like simulate, like, you know, a scrimmage level thing. So I can't give you any promises on that, <laughs> but I can say that we're still, you know, practicing, still trying to like get, you know, throwing ball down, dodging, catching, et cetera, stuff like that. And we'll, you know, we'll see what happens next semester. I'm often, I'm really hopeful that, um, you know, if Nationals isn't in April, maybe they could push it back to May or, you know, if they needed to or something. But I'm I'm hoping I don't miss two Nationals in a row. That's, you know, that's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, especially after two Sweet Sixteens. That's uh, mm-hmm. something you want to follow up on. Uh, speaking of repeats, though, switching gears a little bit. At Regionals, the last season we had, so the 2019-20 season, Mm-hmm. Um, y'all went into Great Lake Regional Championships as defending champs and got knocked out in the semifinals in a really close game that I actually, it was filmed, I actually watched it earlier this afternoon. I don't know if you want to talk mm-hmm. about that game a little bit. Uh, you guys caught the snitch at the end to win, it got called off, and I couldn't really tell oh, why on God. the stream. Um, it, just I don't know if you want to talk through that game. Yeah, so that you know that, that was it was a tough game. It was it was like a hard fought game, and we lost a lot of really solid people. Um, you know, Sam Rapp, Nikki Pella, Federico, Murku, really really phenomenal people. Um, but we still like we still you know could, could play. We still could do well. And there were a bunch of such catches called off that day by us. And you know that there was another one that was called off, like you said, and that was really like demoralizing because quite frankly, I mean, I I. Was that I was watching it and I had a bunch of people watching it. There were really no issues with it, um, but they called it off and then it was caught. And it's like, you know, at that point, we can't really do anything. Um, so it was definitely demoralizing for us to lose that game. Do you know what the official ruling was for why it was called off? I, I, I can't remember. I think, if anything, the stitch said something like, oh, like I, I moved or I shifted or I, I fell or something. They gave some some reason, um, which, <laughs> and then we, you know, we had cameras on it, you know, like you said, it's a recording and everything, and we're like, there's no, you know, there was no problem with that. But, hey, you know, at the end of the day, that's that's how it was ruled. Um, what's fair is fair, and they ended up catching it. So, you know, it is what it is at the end of the day. So, against Michigan now, we've talked two games, um, one and one in those two games. I, I feel like in quote-unquote Quidditch media and like in the Facebook groups, people talk a lot about Michigan Quidditch and like that it's pretty good. Can they crack the top 10? What will they do at nationals? And nobody talks about Miami Quidditch. Wait, right. what's, what's your opinions on that? Do you think you're the better team since you've joined? So like, do you I, I see the hype for Michigan? Oh, so I, I think what's, what's important to, to think about for a second is that Michigan has a large team. Like if we're being honest, they have a really good, they have a really large team. They even have like a B team. And so with that, you also get more people to talk. And I think we, we, you know, seen a lot of people who are talking about them. Well, they just have more people who could talk in the first place, you know, and it's easy for them to get the word. And they're also Michigan, you know, who are recognized for college sports, you know, college basketball, college football. So they're well-known. Miami University of Ohio, kind of more of an unknown sort of thing. So, we really have to work hard to even get the word out for us. You know, like you said, people are like, oh, you guys from Florida? Like, huh? <laughs> so, you know, it's it's more challenging just off the bat to have people talk about us. And then, yeah, you know, for whatever reason, we, a lot of our, like our team members don't actively go and, and post in Facebook and everything. So um, that also doesn't help because I know that there's a bunch of Michigan players who will go and comment or will go and say something. So 
other people will um, also comment about Michigan. But yeah, we really, I mean, I think we got a good look um, two years ago when we, you know, crushed Michigan and when, when we did super well. But aside from that, when we've done pretty well or even done like, you know, top three or top two in the Great Lakes, we have kind of flown under the radar, which, you know, is, is a little bit unfair, I would say. Speaking of like fans and talking though, this this reminded me that stream of this game we talked about from the semifinals of last year's Great Lakes of Miami versus Michigan. There was I can't I don't know how big the group was because they weren't on camera, but there was an exceedingly loud group of Miami fans standing right next to the camera. Do you yeah. know who they were or remember? Oh yeah, that yeah, at no, all? those. So if if I'm like remember, so we always. Pretty much every tournament we go to, we have our advisor come. Um, great, awesome guy. Like, he, he tries to, like, film stuff for us. And we always usually try and have at least a couple of fans. If not, you know, sometimes there'll be injured people who just want to come along anyway. And so there were definitely some members of the team who were there cheering us on. And there might have been a few parents as well. Um, because usually every regional tournament, it's like, because it's a, such a special event, um, parents will come and drive in and they'll make food for us. They'll make us, you know, their, our lunch. Um, and so they definitely could have also been, been part of their um, screaming as well. But yeah, we, we have um, family members coming in, friends coming in, people who are injured or who like, you know, are really like bench players who they, they're not, you know, they don't think they're going to get any paying time. So they'll just go over and just watch from the sidelines. But yeah, we usually have a pretty sizable group of people who come to uh, regionals. Do you and have any idea who the person who was talking an incredible amount of Michigan trash talk was? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. you know, if I go back and watch the video, I could probably tell you. Um, but I, I know, like, a, a group of, like, four or five people who I, I think it, it was probably either Sam or Powell or could be Derek, um, Derek Brantigam, Paolo Federico, or, or Sam Rapnicki. Probably could be one of those three. Um, and there are like a bunch of other people as well on the team who would do the exact same thing that I would not be surprised <laughs> if it was one of them. So this is, no, I need, them. I need to do a public service announcement. Go, go to the fast break news game archive, look up Miami, Ohio from last year, their game against Michigan. You're going to find the game link. These people, a, it was high quality trash talk and it was like completely G rated, <laughs> which was epic. And they, it was so bad that like two minutes into the game, the head ref was yelling at them, at the spectators. <laughs> and you could hear the spectators you know responding like, we're in the spectator zone. What do you want us to do? Right, right. <laughs> it was oh my so God, it sounds good. like Derek. Um, let's see, I'm, I'm in the thing right now. Where, oh, I'm, I'm looking for it. I'm in the archives right now. Oh, search be, up Miami of Ohio. Yeah, if you just search up Miami University and then um, it's your game from... It's your only loss, your most recent loss. It's, it's from it's November, November 3rd. 3rd. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Okay. I just press play. Let's see if I can <laughs> figure out. I, I, if I if I hear them. Championship semifinal. I have been Matt Dwyer. I'd like to thank you all very much. Oh, I'm sorry. It links to like the middle of the game. Oh, you have to okay. you have to go back to to zero. Gotcha. If you go even before Brooms Up, they're like trash talking the people who are lining oh, really? up for Michigan. <laughs> yeah. Okay, wait, I'll, I'll go all the way back there. And the top teams, statistically likely based on the ELO rankings put out by the eighth man to win the tournament, meeting here in the semifinals. Both teams having strong victories this weekend. Both going undefeated in the play, both so far. Oh God, I'm looking for them. Uh, here in the semifinals, they are both aren't undefeated in bracket. Miami was able to defeat Bowling Green 80 to 70 with the catch. Michigan State or Michigan. Well, oh, that's definitely Sam Rapnick. Yeah, that's definitely. I believe it's Sam. There was, a, I mean, the best thing was that someone was just yelling about how everyone from Michigan is very short, and that Miami was going to win because everyone from Michigan was extremely short. <laughs> was like, that's that's yeah, that good. sounds like something he would say. I do have a question. Um, so I found the I mean, like when I was, I watched film and I was watching Miami of Ohio versus Rutgers from my freshman year. And is Jota essay like, is that the count? Is that your coordinator's name or? Yeah. Yeah. So, so he, okay. <laughs> like his full name, I think it is Jota essay Bragg, but he called, everyone calls him JS. 
Yeah, dude, his his YouTube channel is absolutely amazing. Uh, like, I've watched <laughs> yeah. so many high quality Miami games from there. It's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he posts them all, and that's how we like. Get, that's how we get our most of our film is he'll record it, mm-hmm. um, and he'll pop, post it up there, and we can just hop on there and, and watch it. <laughs> For sure. Moving along, um, I I think it'd be fun to transition into like. Who, how does the leadership for the Quidditch team work for you guys? Is it all current students? Do you have a coach? Is the president mm-hmm. kind of the person okay. who acts as the coach? Do you have captains who do that? Or Yeah, so that, that's a great question. So um, the way we do it is all, so there's no, no like outside coaches, nothing like that. Um, it's every, um, we have um, the president, we have a president, we have a vice president, we have a treasurer. Um, we have a, a like tournament director, um, marketing, social media, and then we have um, the head coach, the beater coach, the chaser coach, and the seeker coach. Um, so all those are different positions that you can run for on exec. And we have like elections every like April or May um, for the following year. So um, the way that the division of responsibilities goes is as the president, I typically handle outreach to other teams. I handle um, everything with the school. So if the school needs a form filled out, I'm filling out the form. If the school needs information, I'm filling it out. Um, the treasurer, you know, usually works with me because all of this stuff is money related. Um, and then for the head coach, head coach has full authority to set minutes. They set rosters. Um, what usually happens is the head coach gets together with the other coaches and they sit down and they say, okay, who do you want to play? Um, I leave all that responsibility up to them. That is solely their jurisdiction. Um, the only thing I determine that that um, happens to do with tournaments is I help determine which tournament we go to. So what will usually happen is the head coach will say, hey, we have these four tournaments that we could go to. And I'll sit down with him and I'll say, okay, so how much will it cost to go to each one? And if it's in our budget to go to all of them, by all means we can. Um, at the end of the day, it's usually his um, or her like final word on what tournaments we go to, but um, there's definitely some input on that. And I also pick the uh, the cars for each tournament, so <laughs> I, I take a call. That's honestly that. my memories from when I was in college at Brandeis was like, particularly for regionals, it was we had we would go in two vans. We'd have two 13 people vans. It'd be who goes in what van and who gets roomed with each other at the hotel. And it was <laughs> yeah, like was, the yeah. most powerful position on board yeah. was like determining that. <laughs> Those are the two things. Yep, that's the other thing I forgot. I mean, the hotel thing. Yeah, I definitely, and I, you know, I, I'll pair up like all, all the friends and everything. Um, with all the freshmen, what I've always done is, you know, probably at least one freshman and maybe like two or two or three like sophomores or juniors. Um, and then usually the seniors like will room together or something. But I try and like spread out a little bit. Um, but definitely people can come and say, hey, I want to be with that person. I want to be with that person. And of course, I put myself. In a really good car, obviously. Yeah, who's uh, who's your core car? Like, what and what is your position? Are you a driver? Like, do you give yourself the best ooh. DJ? Like, how so, does that work? So it, it usually changes every year because I'm I have to be friends with like pretty much everyone on the team. But my core group would probably be um, myself. It would be um, Paolo. Sam would be like the driver of the car. Sam Rapping, Paolo would be there. Um, would be me. They, uh, my my twin or Clayton. Um, Tarantino, and just like the four or five of us would just roll down, or you know, you can interchange one of them with, with like Garrett Troyer, but that group of like four or five guys would be like the group that I would set up uh, as the president. Be like, all right, this is my car, you know, that'd be the first priority. Everyone else's car, all right, you go second, but this this <laughs> car is important. This needs to be done first. There you go. Honestly, real quick, because um, I'm going to segue this into something else. I feel like your team probably has the most amount of people with, like, last names that are very similar to, like, Hollywood people. I don't know if that makes <laughs> sense. Really? I've never thought about it like that. Because, again, I, I, and the reason why I bring this up is because I'm not sure if you remember, but last year at East Coast Fantasy in the New Brunswick tournament, you um, we actually met each other. Um, I'm not sure if really? you remember that. We Yeah. Cause, uh, cause I remember making a joke with you and your uh, twin David, where I was like, "Are you like?" I was just like, "Yeah, like, do you guys know? Do you guys know who Aaron Sorkin is?" And like, yeah, like, I, you know, I vaguely, 
<laughs> I remember Very being vaguely. annoyed that day by this guy I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, this freaking jerk ends up now. No, no but I, I remember someone joking about me with that. Yeah, wow, that's awesome. Yeah, because yeah. everyone always asks the question. My dad, uh, he always gives like the best. Like he, he had like a colleague at work, and, you know, went up to him and said, "Are you really Darren Thorpe?" And he's like, "Yeah." Every month, you know, he sends me a check. Like you know, really, you know, he's my uncle. It's really great. He's like, really? He's like, no, why do you think I'm working? You know, like, I got you. And then like, nah, and I bring it up just because like you mentioned one of your teammates whose last name was like Tarantino. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> right. Yep. Clayton. Yeah. Yeah. Clayton. Oh, yeah. And he, he, um, I think his, his Instagram name was like not related Tarantino. That's um, awesome. <laughs> yeah. There you cool. go. Fantasy though, fantasy though reminds me. Are you? We never asked this. Are you from Ohio? Are you from that area? No. Or are you from over in Jersey? No, I'm actually I'm from New York. Oh, oh nice. okay. Yeah. Any any particular reason that you went to school in Ohio? Um. So one of my cousins, she found this school and she like said, "Hey, like take a look at this," and took a look at it. And they are Miami. I think is like either not number one or number two for like undergraduate teaching. Like every class is taught by an actual professor. Mm-hmm. There's no like TAs or graduate students who teach classes. It's pretty much all um, professors. And then in addition, I used to do be doing mechanical engineering, and now I switched to computer science. But Miami was ranked like I think top thirty for engineering. So it was like those two factors. And then I got my scholarship from them. Uh, you know, I was like, why not? For sure. I mean, yeah, that's such a cool experience going from like the New York, um, like from the city, state, like what part of New York? Um, So I live about an hour north of uh, New York City. So kind of like a suburb area, but I I go into the city from like time to time. For sure. And then like, yeah, it must have been such a like interesting culture shock going from, I mean, granted, I don't know. I haven't been to Ohio, but I I would assume that. And Miami's in Western Ohio. (laughs) Right. So it's not like near Pittsburgh or anything. The, the, the amount of flat land was stunning because in New York, like especially where I live, there's not a lot, a lot of flat, like open land. Right. I like, we, we drove it and it was like, Oh my God, I can see like, you know, for the next 20 miles, Jesus, it was just flat, <laughs> flat, like farmland, so many cows, like more cows than I'd ever seen in my life. That's awesome. And so, like, I guess that leads me to question. Are you, once you graduate, are you coming back to the tri-state area or are you staying? No, I should try to recruit you for I, Keegan, I am being a very genuine person. I am trying to be communicable. Is that a word? Yeah, no, here we're going to, I know you already have a job lined up, so now you need a club Quidditch team lined up right now. Reveal so, on the pod uh, who you playing for next year. So fu- funny, it's funny you say that because my job's actually in Texas. Oh, no. I know, I know. Bro, Texas doesn't... <laughs> is, it in, is it in Austin, or are you going to end up in, like, Dallas or Houston um, or something? It's in, it's in Fort Worth, so near Dallas. Right, Okay. Right, okay. Can you see Dallas? Though. Look them up. They got a team. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if I'd make the team, but I, I'd definitely um, probably give them a look next year because it'd definitely be something fun to do while, like, actually having, a, you know, a real job. For sure. Yeah, that's yeah, super cool exciting for Mm-hmm. And I mean, and what, what's your brother up to? It's, it's interesting having a twin, like I always. So, um, he's, he's <laughs> also got a job, but his job is in New York city. So hey. if, you, if you're looking to recruit him, hey. by all means, yeah. you know, send him an email or something and I'll let him know, like, you know, like, Hey, he's like, who's this, you know, he says, who's this random person? He's like, oh, no, don't worry. You know, you know, what's funny? <laughs> we've seen the film. We want you. <laughs> you know it's funny david was actually a part of our fantasy team last year keegan and i oh. david were all on the same blue team at that new brunswick fantasy gotcha. I think we awesome. won, did we win or were we runners no, up we, lo- we lost no, to the purple we, I team think, i thought my team won yeah we I lost thought, to thought... we lost to matthew it's a shame jaws jaws who we interviewed last week was also on the blue team that week <laughs> That's, wow! You know what? Is, we gotta get we gotta going down the line. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, yeah, we gotta we gotta find the other teammates who are like not from <laughs> the Mid Atlantic to see who else traveled to be at that tournament. That's pretty cool. Cool. All right, I think we're gonna transition into our our final few rapid fire questions. So here we go. First one, we're just gonna start off huge. Favorite teammate? Wow. Um, Garrett. Nice. Garrett Not your brother. Absolutely. That's huge. Love that. <laughs> Love sibling rivalries. Uh, second, favorite team to play against? Um, definitely. I was well. It 
you know, that's kind of a tough question because there's there's two different modes. There's there's the do I want to crush this team? Do I want to feel like the competitive edge? That'd be Michigan, obviously. You know, like they'd be like awesome to play against. But there's like a lot of like really genuine nice teams who like I'll play against because like it's fun to play against them, but then they're awesome to hang out with afterwards. So I would say for now, just leave it as Michigan. That's don't awesome. don't want to give any of the nice Great Lakes teams a shout out. <laughs> well, great, okay, <laughs> Miami great, needs you know. the most notoriety. Grand Valley is awesome. Like some of the nicest, most genuine people. Um, but Bowling Green had like a number of, of nice people. Um, then so like you know you, we could go play them really competitive, and then afterwards we all go out to eat or something. You know, like that's the kind of atmosphere that it was like. And they, you know, I think during one of the regionals. The Grand Valley, um, who was like like a big fan of ours, and we were a big fan of them. They'd come and cheer us on. We'd come and cheer them on, like, even during nationals. So, they are a phenomenal team. Um, like great, great individuals. That's solid. Cool. I think to wrap it up, we will go with what is your favorite Quidditch game that you've played in? Wow. So that would be um, Quidditch nationals um, when we played against uh, Minnesota. Um, I got a, a lot of playing time during that game, and I played pretty well. Um, and it was, like, awesome for me because I really, like, up until that point, I maybe had been in, like, two national games, and it was for, like, garbage time, like, a minute at the end, you know, when the stitch was going to be caught. And I played okay or, like, not so great. But that game, like, I was hitting my beats. I was doing super well. There was one play, I think, where I beat somebody, picked up the ball and beat the other person, like, before they could throw it at me. Um, so, like, I was, you know, it was really – prideful moment for me because I'd worked so hard to get there. And I mean, one of the reasons obviously why I didn't play so much was because I wasn't the best beater. Like I was on the bench, probably like third or third or fourth string. So being able to bump myself up so that I could have like some real playing time was, it felt great. Um, and it was like an awesome game. For sure. That's super exciting. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope you get the opportunity to attend another Nationals. Uh, however <laughs> unlikely that may seem now as we're recording. But mm -hmm. uh, cool. Matthew Sorkin, thank you so much again for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Well, thanks again to Matt. That was a super fun interview to do. And apologies to Matt also that it took us three months to, to send out to the public. But I think it was worth the wait. What about you, Naresh? What did you like from this one? Honestly, just getting to know more about Matt Sorkin, because as we mentioned previously, like I actually met Matt in person in a fantasy tournament and I met him and his twin brother and they were just so much fun to get to uh, play with and against. And I think one story that really stood out was the fact that he was just talking about how there were people heckling during their games. And I think that's what Quidditch needs a lot more of fan engagement at games i think that's just a game changer i think it's a lot of fun um and i really hope to see that once uh quidditch comes back and we're able to get back on the uh field yeah for, for sure good-natured alumni heckling is like the some of the best part of quidditch i am i am always a fan of that anyway speaking of summer as we did earlier and as you did just now about fantasy tournaments the other Quidditch news we have about this summer of 2021 is that the IQA will not be hosting any continental games. Um, seems fair. Lots of international travel will be involved. Not really knowable. We don't really know if that's going to be possible this summer. Um, and certainly I don't think it's worth the time and the effort or the money of the IQA staff um, if they're going to have to cancel at the last second anyway. Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. It's just one of those things that obviously if it happened, it would have been a lot of fun, but safety at the end of the day is the most important thing. So here's hoping that we'd be able to get World Cup next year and uh, Continental Games the year after that. Well, safety is the most important thing. The second most important thing is knowing who would have made the national <laughs> team roster for the United States. And even more importantly, in my opinion, who makes that development academy roster. Uh, so I do hope that that they do announce that for the United States, um, especially the Development Academy. I think it's a huge boost for college players to see their names there, and, and maybe they'd even be able to do virtual workshops with those those students anyway. Um, I think that'd be really cool. Yeah, dude, that'd be so much fun. I think, again, it's all about pre creating the next stars in Quidditch, and I think that'd be a huge move to be able to gener generate those stars and 
prop up these college athletes at a international level at this point? Yeah, especially after a whole semester and a half of their college lives, not only lost for Quidditch, but that they've had to do virtually for the most part throughout the country. It's, it'd, it'd be a really cool boost to, to the 10 or 15 people that they choose. For sure. Cool. So I think with that, we will wrap it up. But first, we do have a first for the Hoopside Chats podcast, which is we are hiring. <laughs> uh, that being said, we're hiring a volunteer um, for audio producer. Naresh is currently our producer, and he does an excellent job. But he has like 17 other Quidditch titles and positions that he needs to balance. Um, so we're hoping to bring on a, a secondary audio producer so that we can put these episodes out a little bit more frequently. Um, so if you're interested in that, you can contact Naresh on Facebook or the Fast Break News um, Facebook account as well. I think you also write on the, the Fast Break News website. There's probably a contact us page. Yeah, there's a form on the Fast Break News website. Fill out, fill that out. Tag me in anything. Like, Pretty much if you, if you want to reach out to me, just do whatever you want and I'll make sure to get back to you. Um, we would really love the help. And uh, you'd be you'd be able to be a part of a great team of Keegan because he runs this show, as you all know. With that, I think we will sign off. Please, as always, follow us on Facebook. Follow Fast Break News on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, Let us know who you want as a guest. Check out the other podcasts and articles on Fast Break News. Uh, And thanks so much for listening. Talk to you next time.